Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone, rest your Hello, Andrew. Hello there, Edwin. We, th- listen, First John, I'm going to make a confession. I mean, well, I've loved First John, and I've taught First John. You know what? John. That's what John teaches us to do, well, doesn't true. it? Yes, yes, true, <laughs> true. I, now, now get back in the light, brother. <laughs> get back in the light. Walking in the walking in the light of First John. Uh, historically, in my own life, I have not considered First John one of the premier books in the Bible. I I hate saying that because I know we're probably it's like our kids. We're not supposed to say we have a favorite. We're supposed to realize they're all amazing and all helpful. Right. I, I've not actually thought of First John as one of the go tos. But as we've been reading through John's writings this year, reading a chapter a week, every day, as we've been talking about it, as I've been writing about it, yeah. kind of at the same time, I've also been doing articles in our church's program, going mm-hmm. through First John. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, my eyes are being opened. I really, First John, this is just a little power-packed sermon. I wish... Wish my sermons could be that power packed. Well, you know, we all want our, our sermons to be better. You know, we <laughs> yeah, all want I that. Mean, you know, well. and, and he is inspired, so he's got that going for him. Good point. Uh, but for me, this reading, First John, has always been a very challenging book. Yeah. Um, I, I was telling you, there's some things in it I don't understand. I think I still don't understand stand all that great yeah but it's better yeah. you know it's better having having these exercises it's the things that i do understand and i realize i'm not very good at <laughs> yeah and that's that's why this book is always just always kind of smacking me around spiritually yeah who was it i don't know maybe uh maybe it was abraham lincoln or mark twain or benjamin franklin that tweeted sometime <laughs> you know <laughs> it's not the parts of the bible i don't understand that bother me it's the parts i do understand <laughs> yeah i don't well there's a lot of truth in that i don't know who said that first but that that's the thing and maybe maybe yeah let's continue talking about the things we don't understand but maybe if we just kept working on the things we do we'd, we'd grow and be better work on the things walking we in the do. light Amen. And that's what we want to do. So today in our reading, we're going to talk about some heart issues. And uh, we've already had a couple of conversations this week showing that there is a commandment to love one another and love the brethren and so forth. Um, and we know we're walking in the light if we're keeping that. We know we're walking in the light if we're keeping that. There's a warning here to these little children and fathers and young men. Don't go off. Don't be getting into the darkness. And we know that there's those that are going to try to deceive the Christians. Yes. All of this is here. Yes. So deceive us into the what? Well, that our our love may, may lead us somewhere else. That's right. Yeah, so, so let's talk about that. What we're verse are going to read? It's 1 John 2 and verses 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Here, again, is a struggle for us. And especially as preachers, because very often, of course, what we do is we preach sermons on verses 15 through 17. Sure. And we preach sermons on verses 7 through 10 or 11. And we preach sermons on verses 12 through 14. And if we're not careful, we might end up missing the flow. And we have had a flow. We've had a flow that it's talking about the fact that we've got to walk in the light. Yes. All right. And those who walk in the light are going to admit they're sinners because, of course, we've come into the light and his light has exposed our sinfulness. But because we admit it, he forgives 
forgives us. But John says, now look, don't. that's not permission to go sinning. Correct. I'm not telling you to go sin. He says, don't sin. But if you do, we do have someone who will help us. And that's Jesus. And he helps us because one, he's super powerful. He's with God. Mm-hmm. And two, he's done this right himself. He is the righteous. And look at what he's already done for us. He is the propitiation. If he, if he is going to do that, what else is he going to, I mean, what would he not do? So let's turn to him. Let's dig into him. But here's how we know we know him. We're keeping his commandments. Yeah. Okay, but let's talk about one commandment in particular. Love one another. I mean, this is the flow we've had as we're going through John. Then we've got that little poem that we talked about yesterday. But all this about the commandment, love one another, love. It's the new commandment. It's the old commandment, love. But but, but let me highlight something about the poem. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Just that in verse 14, he says, I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Now, he had said earlier, what does it look like to know that you're abiding in God when you do his commands? Yeah, when you're doing this. Yeah, yes, when, yeah, when you're yeah. doing it. And so uh, I'm, I'm writing to the people who are really in a good place here. Yeah. So now I'm going to give you a warning. This warning is a big, big deal. You need to hear this warning. If you're not careful, you will fall prey to this. The the deceiver will get you on this one. And and I think I know why. Because he's going to highlight love. Mm -hmm. He's going to highlight love. And the deceiver will talk to you about love. And he'll just say, you know, you just need to love. He might even say something like hashtag love wins. He's going to say love. Don't love the world. Mm Mm-hmm. Listen, this is what's the command? The command is to love. The command is to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself, to love one another as Jesus has loved. It is all about love. Paul tells us the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. If we have fallen from love, if we've become partial, James is going to highlight it's the royal law to love one another. I mean, this is so pervasive throughout the New Testament. And he says, listen, you guys are doing great at this. And I'm warning you because people are going to try to deceive you and make you straight. And here's where they're going to do it. They're going to try to get you to love the world. Don't love the world. And then they're going to say, brother John, apostle John, you know, I'm trying to trying to write this sermon and preach this sermon off the gospel of John. And there was this verse that really stuck in my mind in John. It it would look good on a poster in a baseball stadium. And that verse is John 3.16. And it says, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So God so loved the world. But now you're preaching this sermon that said, don't love the world. Do I love the world? (laughs) Well, yeah, and not only that, in the sermon, John says, if you love the world, God's love is not in you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. So, so wait a minute. You, in, when you wrote the gospel, you said that God's love is for the world, and now you're telling us if I love the world, I don't have the Father's love in me. Okay. Good question. Good question. A couple ways that we can deal with that. Number one, or or respond to that. Number one, um, it's possible that he's he's using the word world in different ways in the two passages. And and that's a thing. Uh, Yeah, that is. So the word world throughout Scripture can mean a couple of different things. Number one, it can just mean the creation, the the created order, the cosmos. Yes, the you know the land, the sea, the globe, the earth. Yep. All right. But sometimes by metonymy, Mm -hmm. by metonymy, it can also refer to the inhabitants of the world. And then further by metonymy, it can refer to uh, we use a word today, worldview. 
Yes. Zeitgeist. The zeitgeist. The spirit of the yeah. age is that German phrase that everybody liked for so long. I still like it. But it's the idea of the systems, the 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 perspectives yeah, like the that dominate the, the ways of the, the world. The ways of the world, yeah. yeah. And so if that's the case, if if we're really using a difference in world, well, then you might say in John 3.16, he's talking about loving the inhabitants of the world, mm-hmm. whereas here he's saying don't love the ways of yeah. the world, the worldview, the, the perspectives. I think that's a possibility. And I think that's a pretty strong possibility because he goes on to elaborate a little bit on what the, that would look like when he talks about what is in the world Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Mm-hmm. Don't love those things. Yes. And yet those are the things like a siren call. Oh, no kidding. Always trying to steal our heart away and our love and to to take Christ out of that first place in our heart to replace it with something else. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's another possibility here. Let me share this with you. So sure. I, I think that's possible. And, and even as I present this other one, I think probably it may be a mixture. I mean, I, I don't think this is necessarily an either or. It's important to notice both. And that is, I think he might be using the word love in two different ways. Okay. So in John three sixteen, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his one and only son, that those who believe in him would not perish. When it says God so loved the world, I know for most of my Christianity, I, I've heard that as this is how big God's love was. His love was so big, mm-hmm. he sacrificed his son. Uh, I have a little footnote in my Crossway ESV that says that, that that word so there really might have the idea of in this way. Not just to this yeah. extent, but in this way. So, this way. so what is John 3.16 highlighting? John 3.16 is not just highlighting how big God's love is, but the manner of his love, the means and methods of his love. God loved the world in this way. How did he love them? In a sacrificial way, in a way of sacrificing his son so that there could be salvation, so that the world could have what the world needs. And so with that in mind, I think we come to First John, and, and I'm going to say, notice the desires of the flesh, the des- what's in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. I think maybe what's being demonstrated there now is the kind of love that we're not supposed to have the longing, the lusting, the coveting. Mm. And and that word love, I mean, look, today we use the word love and we mean a lot of different things. I love like, pizza. Yeah. I love my wife. I love you. Yeah. You know, I, right. I, I, I but love. But not as much as pizza. But not as much <laughs> as pizza, you know. And, and we use love. And I, I know, listen, I know that we've got this idea that there's this word for love in the Bible that just always means this amazing, unconditional, godlike love. And it's just not true. That, that word love was used in the Greek in multiple ways, the same way we use love in multiple ways. And so I think there might be, look, if we're going to love the world the way God loves the world, it's a sacrificial love that is for the best, that is for the salvation, that is for the redeeming, mm-hmm. to draw the world to Christ, to draw the world out of the world yeah. into the kingdom. The kind of love that we're not supposed to have is a desire, covetous, lust-based longing for something. Well, yeah, it kind of gets to who's going to teach you how to love, who's going to teach you what love is. Are you going to listen to God and his commands, or are you going to listen to this world given over to a wicked one. Yeah. The wicked one is mentioned in verse 14. He says, you've overcome the wicked one. Yeah. Doesn't mean the wicked one is done with you. Yes. But here is all of this influence in the ways of the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. You may may be given to those things. And if you have this worldly love, you don't have the godly love. Right. The, the godly love for the world that's described in John three sixteen. you don't have that love 
if you have this kind of love that he's that he's warning against here in first John chapter two, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world. Yes. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. He says that that's from the world. That's not from the father. And that's the kind of love we're not supposed to have. The longing, the fleshly pursuit. Can I just point out? I I mean, I've already hinted at it earlier, but the reality is look at what's going on in our world today. People are being deceived. Yes. Old people and young people Mm -hmm. are being deceived. And what is the linchpin of the deception? The nature of love. What, what is going on in our world but to say, look, yeah. we're just talking about love. Love is love. All love is love. What matters is love. And can't I just love who I want? Well, yeah, if you're going to love them the way God loves them. Mm-hmm. If you're going to love them the way God loves them, where what I'm doing is I'm sacrificing for you so that you can be drawn into Christ. Yes, love everybody that way. But if what you're doing is loving through the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life, if what you're doing is actually just lusting, I've got this physical, sensual hunger for something, and let's just call it what it is, not trying to be vulgar and crude, but especially when it gets down to the sexual lust and desires, which is what is being touted as love. Correct. Yeah. You know, I, I have a sexual attraction to somebody, and I want to count that as love, so and why can't love. I just love who I want? Yeah. Th- he says that kind of thing is, that's worldly love. That's not God's yeah. love. And so whether we're talking about, I'm married to somebody, but I just love my secretary, so I'm going to go commit immorality with my, that's not love. You're not loving your secretary. Yeah. You're not loving worldly your wife loving, either. And you're not, that's right. You're not, <laughs> not loving, loving God wife. either. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? I, that's probably got it covered. I don't need to elucidate any more illustrations, but that's the point. Absolutely. And so we have a warning in verse 17 that the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Yeah. I don't know if it's a full on inclusio, but I can't help but notice earlier in the chapter around verse three and four, this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. The truth is not in him, but whoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. And he who says who abides in him needs to walk just as he also walked. Well, he who does the will of God abides yeah. forever. Yes. Absolutely. And of course, that's what Jesus promised. Jesus promised is that those who come to me, I'll give them living water and it'll swell up inside them and come out and they will live and they won't die. And if they do die, when they'll be resurrected in the last day. I mean, it all ties together. Time for us to wrap up. Holy God, you are magnificent. Thank you for loving us. Help us to love the way you love. And please do not let us or our brothers and sisters, whether the mature or the new and the fresh, be dissuaded and deceived and pulled off your path of light into the darkness because our enemy is perverting the nature of love. Help us, Lord God, to live for you, to love you, to love your son, to love one another as your son loved us, loves us. And it's through him that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. 
Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.